Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yo, what is up, everybody? Project Atachi here with my co-host, Warners. Welcome back to another week of the GZ Chop Shop podcast. First week of March, first episode of the new month. 93rd episode, I think it is. I'm actually starting to lose, lose count of our episodes, but we're up there. We're, we're creeping up on 100 episodes. So as always, you guys know we have an informative Podcast lined up for you guys. Lots and lots of big news, lots of uh, positive news because we we're in a very crazy world right now. So hopefully this positive this podcast brings you guys some some positivity, some other things to think about uh, happening in the world before potential titans probably start falling out of the sky. You guys, don't get that reference. What are you doing? Anyway. I'll sit on that hill until I die. Attack on Titan is the Game of Thrones of anime, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fight me. He, he is, yeah. And the storyline is better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> I went there. I went there. Fight me. Uh-oh. Well, there you go. There's, there's your guys' first kickoff. Let's leave some comments. Do you think Attack on Titan is better than Game of Thrones? Or do you think Game of Thrones is better than Attack on Titan? Ooh, man, that's going to be that's gonna be spicy. Last week, we pissed off some Microsoft people. This week, we're going to be pissed off. <laughs> Pissing off the anime and HBO community. Um, but as always, thank you everybody so much for tuning in. And if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do, do I need to show up at your house and drop the elbow on you? Hit that subscribe button. Do it You're now. sleeping. You're sleeping. And I will wake you up. Ask the people last week that hadn't subscribed. They're subscribed now. They're subscribed now. And I'll know. Anyway, moving on. Without further ado, uh, amazing lineup for you guys. And I want to kick things off with some big gaming news. And we've talked about this. We talked about this, I want to say, last year, maybe, maybe before. Amazon's step forward into cloud gaming with their Luna. Now, it was mentioned, if you go back into all previous episodes, I don't remember which episode it was. I know Byrne had joined us for that episode, and we were talking about Cloud Gaming Luna and Amazon taking steps forward, but everyone was kind of like, eh, and then they kind of went quiet. Like, Luna just kind of faded out, so I was under the impression it was already out. Little did I know, it was only out for a select few testers. 
So it wasn't available to the public. Well, as of this week, today, I believe, which is March 1st. So by the time you guys hear this episode, it'll been out for a couple of days. Uh, Luna is now available across the United States for everyone. So you know me. I'm curious. I have quite a few Amazon products with as much flack as I give Amazon on how to, they handle Twitch. I have to admit that their innovation and their products are very fascinating to me and do make life a lot easier and accessible. So I must admit that Luna caught my interest because, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of cloud game because I'm of the old school. I like to own my games. Uh, but Amazon said, hey, if you're a prime subscriber, you already have access to some games. So I said, OK, let me check this out. And the beautiful thing about Luna is it's accessible pretty much on obviously, with the exception of their, as far as I know, their Echo devices, it's available everywhere. You can play on your computer, you can play on your phone, uh, and you can play on your Fire Stick enabled TV or your Amazon TVs. And I was kind of curious because I said, okay, well, what if I don't want to go get a Luna controller? Apparently, that's not a problem because if you don't want to buy a controller, you don't have to. You already have a controller in the form of your remote or your cell phone which you can use as a controller to play Luna games, full games on your Fire Stick enabled device right now. So if you were if you wanted to go play Luna right now, you could you could just download it. Get the Luna controller for your phone from the App Store and you're good to go. And if you're a prime owner, you already have access to like well over 100 games. So I went and I said, OK, well, let me check this out. And I went through their catalog. And I have to admit, I was pretty impressed with it. Um, it seems like whoever is in charge of running Luna, they were going for the heydays of gaming. I mean, they have classics on there like Contra, the 1940s series, uh, Street Fighter 2, and some newer games that are completely you know, available for playing like Devil May Cry 5. Uh, some other classics like the Blood Rain series. They have the Castlevania collection. They have like a couple Sonic games. I was actually very impressed with their library and how easy it is to, to navigate. Um, and they've already considered, obviously, which once again impressed me, they've already considered their Twitch integration. You can stream your Luna gameplay straight from whatever device you're playing on. And if you don't have a streaming setup, that's absolutely fine because you can use your cell phone through their app as your mic and webcam. So to be completely honest, if you just wanted to do a casual stream of your Luna gameplay, uh, you honestly could just pick up your remote. All you would probably have to do is spend like five bucks on a phone tripod, set it up someplace convenient, and you there you are, you're ready to stream. You have the app become your, you know, put it on your phone. So your phone becomes your webcam and your microphone. You have full access as a prime gamer to some of those games. And then you can still you can also use your remote as a controller as well for some of those more relaxed games. And you're good to go. And some people say, well, what game would you play with your remote? They have the entire Jackbox party pack. That all you know, lo looking at these packages, too. These are some very smart moves. They have catered to all gamers uh, from any, any background, any, you know, family size. 
I mean, they have a package here specifically for Jackbox to own all the Jackbox games for a pretty cheap price, by the way. Um, they have one package that's for more serious gamers. They like the graphics. They like the storylines. And then they have a whole separate package that's just a retro channel for old school games like Hyper Fighting, Street Fighter, Metal Slug. That is pretty damn cool, I have to admit. Um, and this is such a huge move from Amazon. Two big things here. The first thing is the way they've gone about this. This is very organized, very intelligent, uh, very user-friendly. And then the second thing is we all have our issues with Twitch. Twitch is really... they. they there's Trovo, but... Right now, Twitch is top dog. Trovo doesn't even compare to Twitch at all. They have really solidified their place in streaming services with these, with, with the cloud gaming and then the user-friendly access they have with their very own Twitch as well. Like These things are connected. They're under all under Amazon, and they're all ready to go and work together. And this is a huge move. And this it, is a, yeah, it, yeah, it really solidifies their their streaming service. Um, and part of me has to wonder that maybe the people who uh, worked on Luna might have uh, some stakes in working with Twitch as well, because obviously if they're not the same team, they still have to communicate with that team to make sure the integrations go over well, that, you know, Luna seamlessly allows you to stream to Twitch and maybe, maybe this is just a personal hope of mine. That is why they haven't been prioritizing some things on Twitch because they were so busy trying to get Luna off the ground that it took some time, attention and money away from, from Twitch because uh, Twitch for the most part is its own ecosystem. It's self-sustaining. We might not like the murky mess that it's become, but in a business sense for Amazon, it's self-sustaining. It's serving its purpose. It's doing what it was acquired to do. So this, the revenue that they probably made from Twitch also probably helped get Luna going. And with Luna, they could take the time to craft it out. And a lot of the stuff that they've heard from gamers, probably via Twitch and other communities, they've made sure to iron out Luna. Like I said, I'm not specifically one for cloud gaming and i will admit that this is just my old school gamer bias not so much that i disagree that they're better improvements it's just this is not what i'm used to but that is not saying that they're bad ideas or bad choices to be made because like you said these packages it's like pick what you want what works for you and it's like you're not being shoehorned and forced into okay you pay this and here's all these games you get and if you don't like any well that sucks for you we're still taking your money i must admit amazon's taking the approach of here's retro here's modern here's i just want to play something chill with the family you pick what works for you so you get the most out of your money and at that point, it literally has put the, the ball in the gamer's court because it's like you can't really complain after that. It's a streaming service that is like, here's what you want. Here's what you've asked for. What more can we give you? 
if you're not happy with this specific library, it's not like it's costing you 20 bucks a month. It's, you know, for like $6, you, you know, the next month rolls over, there's going to be new games added to the library. So like within, a you know, you can just wait. And then when you see the update and as a prime subscriber, which a lot of people are, you already have access to free games. So it's like you get to try it without spending anything extra, which I think might have been the reason they did their price increase because they announced the price increase and then not even two weeks, well, maybe now three weeks later, uh, I'm not entirely sure, but when they first announced their price increase, it was last month. But now this month, the beginning of the month, they're saying, by the way, Luna is out. So they probably did the price increase to justify and offset the cost for Luna. That's just my, my take, my theory, um, which at that point, I would say if I'm getting free games on Luna and I don't have to buy additional hardware to play these games and they're completely run on their server, no additional hardware to play these games uh, and, you know, still get the full power out of it, then that might justify paying that little bit extra to stay as a, a prime member because they're they're housing the games they're buying the licenses they're they're doing all of that on our behalf i think a little extra cost what amazon is doing here uh as far as a business move goes is 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 craftier than microsoft uh acquiring so many businesses back to back to back um and having the game pass because Amazon's not, they, they're not appearing in the way Microsoft is right now. They're not acquiring everybody right now and then being accused of trying to monopolize the, the gaming industry. They are just, it's like they're, they're, they're renting games for their platform and then we pay a price to have those games, have access to these things uh, much more easily than we would if we were trying to go all over the place and look for them separately. Uh, yeah, it's, it's way smarter, I think. And I'm really interested to see how this is going to do compared to Xbox uh, Game Pass going forward. Like, I'm really curious to see what the numbers are going to be over the next couple of years. Um, <clears throat> I definitely foresee Luna growing um, a lot better than people probably realize uh once luna launched it, it, it was covering the news it was like all over my gaming news feed and i was like holy crap this this is this has happened amazon stepping into gaming that's a big move and they have money to go around and acquire studios as well but like you said they're not uh i think they know that honestly gamers do not like to have to go to specific services to play games that should be available to everyone, which is the whole purpose of gaming originally was to be accessible to everyone. Um, but with companies like Microsoft that go around and they buy up a studio and they're like, now it's ours. You have to come to us and use our stuff to play this game. It's like, okay, you're defeating the purpose. Like I personally like Luna because it's stuff I already have. I already own that. I had already bought. And they're like, you don't have to do anything else. You already have our device. We're handling it. We stream it right to you. Um, and then if I don't want to go buy a game, I don't have to. I can just go check my Luna library 
And if they have the game and they get new games like Far Cry 6 is available. Granted, you got to upgrade the package. But for a lot of people, would you rather spend what games are like up to sixty four dollars now for one game? Or would you just rather pay less than 10 bucks? And when a new game drops, you have access to pretty much the entire library of, you know, of new games with stuff I I already own. Um, so like I say, I know it kind of contradicts some of my issues I had with cloud gaming, uh, previously, which some of those issues still stand, but most of them were aimed at Microsoft. If you remember, most of them were aimed at like how Microsoft handles it. Uh, cause they were like very specific and, uh, their hardware is crap. So I would have to go out of my way to get stuff to play. Use the, you know, the Xbox game pass that that's kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, but I am glad that you mentioned Game Pass because that ties into something else that I put up on our, our outline for the podcast this week. PlayStation has f- officially announced. We, we talked about this being something that was absolutely going to happen sooner than later, um, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they really, even if they didn't want to, they didn't have a choice. Um, if they wanted to continue competing on the same level, uh, as Microsoft. And I don't say <clears throat> the same level, like they're struggling against Microsoft at all. Um, but when one, as we've seen time and time again, as one company makes a big change or big move that shows to be successful, the other company is going to do it and it's going to be a back and forth. Yeah. And this is a long time coming because people have been asking for this kind of thing for a while. Yeah. And PlayStation had something. It just wasn't as widely used and it wasn't as I want to say as well handled as it could have been because they had their PlayStation. Now I never subscribed to the PlayStation now. Cause I said, I'm paying for PlayStation plus give me a reason to also pay for PlayStation now. And this was at right. the time I was playing ESO and final fantasy. So I'm like, okay, I'm paying PlayStation now to have access to play any of you, your games online. Then you want me to play, pay for PlayStation now, which gives me access to other games. But at the same time, I have to pay to play ESO separately to have access. And I have to pay for Final Fantasy separately to have access. But both of those games I own on the PlayStation. So minus not paying for PlayStation now, I was already paying for three services to play two games. <laughs> and I thought that was ridiculous and don't even, that doesn't even add in the internet bill itself already. The world's getting so, a little ridiculous right now. Every time I turn around, there's a, a new streaming service. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's exciting. Like I love all these changes that are coming to gaming and, and streaming in general, but good Lord, man, how many, <laughs> how many things you want us to individually pay for? It's like they're trying to stretch everyone's dollar in so many different directions that by the time you're done, you no longer have that dollar for real. Um, But I will say, yes, from a business standpoint, PlayStation has had to make some some ballsy moves um, because Microsoft has one goal and it's to dominate. That is their their drive in life right now. Whatever market is the biggest demanding all attention market, Microsoft is all in on it. Proof of this was when the internet was on the rise. They dominated 
the internet. They didn't let anyone compete with them and they had to get shut down. They got taken to court. Google took them to court and then everyone else, Netscape, all the other little smaller internet were like, Hey, yeah, Netscape. we can't do anything. <laughs> Netscape. Yeah. Who are they? Who are they? Uh, and then Google had to get shut down. So they've been quiet for like well over a decade. Now gaming is the thing. And Microsoft's like, you know what? It's time for us to make a comeback. The rules have changed. Those are the rules for the internet, not the rules for gaming, because there wasn't a monopoly in gaming. Why? Because gaming was for everyone. So Microsoft is going to be the reason there's going to be new rules in place. But as long as there's no laws against it, even the FTC is going to have problems stopping them because they got to use the old laws that were applied to other things before. It's kind of like when you make an instruction manual and it has all these safety hazards. The only reason those safety hazard, if this happens and this happens, do this is because it's happened. Then someone had to go and go, okay, now we have to account for this. You can't account for what you don't know. And Microsoft is using that to their advantage in the gaming industry right now. There's no rules or laws for gaming because it was originally a niche and it was not originally taken that seriously. So Microsoft is by the time they can be stopped legally, it will be too late. Yes, the FTC could come in, but they got to review and they've got to basically find a way to make those old rules apply to now. (laughs) And right now, Microsoft's like, yeah, uh uh-huh. While you do that, we're going to be over here buying this. And by the time you can stop us, it will be too late because those laws, those rules well, come into effect now. You can't backtrack that stuff. So what we've acquired will already be ours. So like the FTC is probably scrambling, trying to slow down the Activision Blizzard thing, but it won't, they won't be able to stop that uh, in, in time. And with everything happening, just to probably solidify my point, Sony has made more moves in the last, what, few months mm-hmm. after what Microsoft's done than they're known to do probably in a year. They acquired Bungie. They're in the same year releasing a Game Pass to compete with Microsoft's Game Pass, which has been out for a couple years now. They are seeing the threat and they know they have to make moves now. Otherwise, they're going to be hurting. And the one thing that's already been hurting them is console sales. And a lot of people, you probably say, what? They've been sold out. Exactly. That's the problem. They've always been sold out. So a lot of people who want a console, a PS5, that don't have one yet, a lot of those people have just given up. Yeah, I was. I, we had this conversation yesterday. I was showing you all the websites and all the routes I was taking to try to get a PlayStation 5. And the only PS5 I could find that was available absolutely anywhere was the five disc uh, PS5, which who the fuck wants a five? Di- what am I? I don't even want a one disc <laughs> I just, in this digital generation. Digital. I don't want to. How big is this damn thing? Five. Di- get out of here. And it, it, and it was like eleven hundred dollars anyways. Yeah. And, but, and, and that's ridiculous. That's that's ridiculous. And they probably are losing sales to Microsoft because their consoles are still coming out. You can go get an Xbox. So they're picking up probably the sales from people who just gave up on getting a PS5. Because let's be honest. Yes, there's those who are 100% Sony, 100% Microsoft. But there's probably a bigger percent that are in the middle. They can go either way. If they can't get one, 
they go to the other. I think you and I, we, for the most part, fit in that equation. It's right. Like, if I can't get one, it's not the end of my, you know, my life. My, uh, my only reason for getting uh, PlayStations uh, initially is because there are so many just outstanding games that are Sony exclusive that I just, they're just top tier gaming and the PlayStation has never, it, it was my first console, the PlayStation one. Um, and, but I never, I never felt like a sense of like, like dedication, like PlayStation only, but they just have amazing, uh, console specific games, exclusive games. Um, and I remember telling you yesterday how I was like, should I just give up and wait for the PS six at this point? Because it seems like, uh, with the COVID issue and, uh, the graphics cards and chips, uh, not being able to be produced and all these other issues going on that it's like, they're just not going to put out enough consoles soon enough. Like by time, consoles start dropping again i'm like well damn it's gonna be like two and a half three years at least should i just wait at this point for your next gen console yeah i want a playstation but and i you know and and we have pcs so like what am i gonna do with the xbox like that's that's a waste of money to me yeah it's redundant Um, and i'm I'm not saying waste of money like don't get an xbox at all because it's garbage i just why would i get an xbox if i have a good computer so and and that's that's the only reason i don't own a console or own an a, Xbox, own an Xbox windows updates. <laughs> specifically, it's my only complaint about PC is, is windows updates. That's the only reason you need to get an Xbox. If you own a PC is just to avoid windows updates. But before we go down into that rabbit hole of, uh, everything else. Um, so pretty much you could go on Bloomberg or you could pretty much honestly Google the, the updates on it. But right now, PlayStation is calling it project Spartacus. You know how they love their, their names. Um, and it's supposed to drop hopefully by the end of, if not early spring this year. So it's going to probably happen sooner than later. And like we saw with their bungee move, it's probably going to happen sooner. And I think as a side note, I think the reason they're doing this is because of so many people not being able to get their hands on a PS five. Uh, they don't want to lose the possible revenue for PS five only games. And if they allow certain games to be streamed via cloud, no one has to buy additional hardware to be able to play these games. They just have to pay a subscription fee. You will more than likely get those people back if they can at least play the game, even without the hardware. And then there's still and a lot of people say, well, if they do that, then why would I buy a PS5? Trust me, the market demand for it will still be high. People might be curious for that full on PS5 experience. The game won't be PS5 quality but at least they'll be able to play it for a certain time because those games won't be on that rotation forever. They're going to switch them out. So this is how they can still keep people who might've been like, you know what, I'm done. I'm moving on. I'm going elsewhere to come back because it's like, all right, at least I can try the game. Okay. I like the game crap, but the game goes away in a week. I guess I will get a PS five after all. Cause I really like this game. So I think that that plays a small part in why they decided, look, we got to go for a game pass. Um, when, when is the Spartacus dropping? So that's the thing. It doesn't have an exact date. It just says sometime in spring 2022. Okay. When is the, uh, the new, the new gen PS fives dropping? Probably next year. If, oh, if I, memory, I'm asking, cause I was wondering if they're going to, 
because it would be a smart move to if if they did it this way, uh, released the the Spartacus at the same time as they finally have new available PS5s for everybody to purchase. Well, the crisis for graphics cards is not projected to to end until the end of this year anyway. Till early 2023. And even if they did have their slims or their updated versions ready, the situation would still be exactly the same. And that would honestly just piss off people more because everyone who already has one is now going to want to upgrade. So those people would be on it and you'd be dealing with the scalpers, the bots you'd be dealing with that issue all in the ass. I'll never forget this comic con I went to last year and they had a, they had one single PlayStation five that was for purchase. And it was, God, it was it was a it was like nine hundred fifty dollars or something. And somebody it was bought such it. bullshit. And I was like, y'all really did this at a Comic Con? But somebody bought it. Yeah, no, someone yeah. did buy it. And I'm just like, what? I was just blown away. Yeah. Um, and they do have three tiers, which I must say, I'm surprised they're not competing price wise with Game Pass because I think you can get Game Pass for like a dollar, right? I have no mm-hmm. idea. I I don't use Game Pass. I don't know. Um. But I think what their plan is, is to integrate PlayStation Plus into the Game Pass. So they're not going to do like two separate services like they have PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus. What they're going to what it sounds like they're going to do is they're going to retain the PlayStation Plus branding and divide the service into three tiers, essential, extra and premium priced at $10, $13 and $16 respectively. Which means anyone who already has PlayStation Plus, probably depending, I guess, on maybe like your year or actually what 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 it seems like everyone who already has it will automatically be enrolled into the essential, which is their lowest tier, which basically uh, lets you uh, have online multiplayer um, and the monthly games that you get. So nothing really will change. Um all that much from what you already have but if you get the extra tier you get more of the game pass functions which offer 300 downloadable titles that get disabled once your service expires but the premium tier which obviously is the 16 dollars one and is their selling point uh, which i see they're going for is reported to give classic games and cloud streaming in addition to the previous perks, which a lot of the rumor is that means PS1, PS2, and PS3 games alongside demos, which are difficult to obtain outside the service. That is very bold of them. People have been wanting PlayStation 1 and 2 classics for years. Uh, Ever since they took them off, uh, I think the PlayStation 3 was the last one. Yeah, it was the PlayStation 3 because I had a ton of PS1 games on there. Um, I remember going to the PS4 and it didn't, I couldn't redownload them. Yeah, they they weren't, they weren't really about backwards compatibility. And and you have to literally buy an actual PlayStation two or three, depending on how backwards compatible you buy them. If you want to play any of those generation of games. So yeah, it's, it's a pain in the ass. That's a, that's a smart move, man. How much you, you said? $16, $16 for the premium. Which if you did PlayStation Plus, which well, it, it might that's sound a like a lot. lot. $16? I don't know, man. That's 
it's hefty surprises. for a, yeah, it's hefty for a month to month because now PlayStation Plus is not going to go in a yearly direction. It's going to go in a month to month direction now. But it includes the PlayStation Network. Yeah. So and how much is the network? F- five bucks. I think it's like five bucks. I think it's like five bucks if I remember. Uh, so it, it's like it's about eleven dollars. Um, that's not bad. I mean, people pay about that. Um, for plenty of other things, anyways. I guess that's not too bad if you if you break it down that way. So I must say, um, I would probably drop some streaming service somewhere to try the premium out because if they're allowing class now I still have my classic consoles. So for me, I would be like, well, I'll just hook up my PS three. I'll just hook up my PS two. But at the same time, let's be honest. A lot of these games did not age well on old hardware. And if they're making them available on cloud, that means they're getting some, they're getting some TLC. So they'll probably look and handle a little better than the way we remember and play them. Um, I, I, I remember love to play Capcom games on my PS4. I remember some games, some PS1 games I'd play on the PS3, but I had it hooked up HDMI to the to the TV, and the the resolution didn't correspond, like it didn't translate very well. So th- I remember playing the games on some of them, and and the there'd be delays and stuff in the game. Yeah, and yeah, I I, I bet the pixels and everything, the graphics would look a lot smoother. That'd be pretty neat. So. <clears throat> you um, said you said this spring it's dropping yeah that's that's the projected plan is sometime yeah, man, in the I spring. can't get a freaking ps5 around here <laughs> can't get a ps5 but you can get that premium plus <laughs> stream i'm you know like the premium I, I can't download it like on the pc though no so right, you still exactly. need playstation which hardware. would be pretty freaking amazing if i could download that on the pc yeah, that would yeah, that would be pretty solid. Um, I don't know if Sony will ever enter. It might be hard for them to enter into the PC esque direction because it's dominated by Microsoft. Right. And the best they can do is work through Steam as a third party. Yes. Which honestly, it's nice of them to even do that. And Steam does a pretty good job at, at making that happen for us when we want some of those PS uh the, those PlayStation games. Yeah. So honestly, I think it's a on paper. Sounds great. Um, They've already unveiled their new VR headset. Just same thing. I wish I had a PS5 to even care. (laughs) But hey, you you know, you can't win them all. So for anyone who doesn't mind cloud and streaming services, uh, Sony is releasing a game pass and it's due to drop in the spring. Probably sooner than later, so you probably won't have to wait long. Seems like they're really kicking a lot of stuff into high gear uh, with uh, their gaming presence, especially with Microsoft. And I mean, with the launch of Luna, you know, they got to take it seriously because if Luna's launched to the success it's been seen so far and Game Pass obviously was a win for Microsoft, Sony had to kind of cave in and be like, okay. We thought it wasn't going to work. Well, they, they've gotten away very successfully with using their same formula for the longest time and not having game passes, not 
you know, having to do all of these other things that Luna is now doing under Amazon and Microsoft has been doing. They've been able to, to sell their consoles uh, as they are, uh, as amazing as they are, and then people buy them because they prefer their console and because of all the amazing games that come with uh, PlayStation. Um, and I, that's not a formula that's going to keep them at number two much longer. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We will see. So <clears throat> next up, you had a you had something about coming back to to Amazon telehealth. Yeah, I'm not I'm not fond of this, man. Uh, you know, it's it's telehealth. So okay, people. Basically, what this is is customers uh will be able to connect with Teladoc. It's just a product. It's like Alexa. Uh. Or I'm sorry, it's like it's an app through Alexa. You say Teladoc, you access it through Alexa, uh, and you say, "I want to talk to my doctor," and they'll you'll get a call back on your device from a Teladoc doctor. The service is only for non-emergency visits, like allergies or flu symptoms, etc. And at this point, visits are only audible, but video visits are coming soon. Um, my issue with this is this part right here. In the initial screening call, Teladoc will collect medical history and insurance information from customers. Uh, and then visits will be $75 for users without insurance and blah, blah, blah. Remember what happened with Alexa pretty recently with um, people being able to just tap in and connect to your personal Alexa and use it as a hotspot. And then people could steal information, utilize oh, an internet connection. There are so many issues with that that were never freaking addressed. Nobody ever talked about it. Amazon never came out and said anything about doing a single thing about it. And now you're coming out with a product and saying, I want you to put all of your most personal information through this same piece of equipment, which by the way, Amazon specifically said uh, you had up until a certain, it was a certain date over a year ago that to opt out of before uh, you can no longer opt out of it to keep people from utilizing your Alexa as a hotspot and putting your internet at risk for honestly being hacking. But that's not how people saw that. So, you know, that that's all I have to say about that. I 100% don't like this. I love technology. Uh, I absolutely, you know, as a healthcare provider, like I absolutely want the most convenient ways, uh, for people to have easy access to healthcare and all of their needs. But when it comes to Alexa and after all the things Amazon's pulled with it and not addressed and honestly said without specifically saying, we don't care what you think, this bothers me. So I'd really like more information on this because this is all the information I could find. It's new information that just came out uh, this week. Uh, so time will tell, but that's, yeah, that's where I stand on this right now. It's, I do not like this. Yeah. And it was, it was Amazon sidewalk, which like you said, a lot of people were just like very openly receptive to it. And I think that's mainly because of how convenient uh, Amazon devices have made just certain parts of our lives uh, easier, even the mundane things. Um so as far as a lot of people are concerned, it's like, what could be the real harm with uh, an, an. 
Hi, I'm DeLon Grant. And I'm Francesca Ramsey, and together we host the podcast, Let Me Fix It. Each week, we explore something from the past, and then we pitch how to fix it for today. But forget about the past. Let's talk about the new show of the moment. DeLon, did you get a chance to watch the new Queenie trailer I sent you? How dare you send me this amazing (laughs) show that took me back to every messy breakup I've ever had. Thank God I had you through my 20s. Now, you could not pay me to go back and relive those days, but thankfully, we will be living as Queenie navigates her messy 20s. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Amazon device. And I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people argue, oh, well, you know, your phone is more insecure than a, a Alexa device. There, there'll be counter arguments left and right from, from keyboard warriors everywhere. Uh, but the thing is, it's this is so many layers of security breach that you're giving that when your identity gets stolen and you're wondering how and why you pretty much gave the permission for it to be stolen, because not only are you giving your personal medical information over more than likely wireless because Alexa devices don't hardwire, not that I know of. um, You're also giving voice recognition. So now your voice is sampled. They have your voice. They have your, important information and if you're opted into sidewalk any passerby with pretty much nowadays just a little technical know-how can get all of that information as it's being passed because now your internet is a hot spot and even i have to go down the list of my devices sometimes and if i don't recognize it i'm like what the heck is this because you don't realize how many devices you add to your internet you think you'll be able to keep track of it, but after a while you stop naming everything. Not everything can be named. So then you're looking and you're like, oh, it must be something I own. And I think a lot of people dismiss it, especially families. They're just like, you've got, you know, husband, wife devices. You got kids devices. Your friend from down the street comes, they add their device and they don't disconnect it when they leave. Eventually you just stop keeping track. You're like, oh, what's the big deal? It's something in the house, especially if you have a smart home. Everything is connected. So, What's one more device popping up on your your internet? And a lot of people know that. So they're coming down the street. The person you least suspect walking down the street, typing on their phone, looking like regular Joe Schmo. Little, you know, they're walking around scooping up your information as you're putting it out. And, you know, they're accessing everything. So I agree with you having I think it's a little early for that until Amazon can literally come out and say, here's what we're doing to secure your information. Here's what we recommend yeah. you do. And, and what I, I think he, is they probably well, shouldn't put it like on the news. They could, they should come to the news and be like, we are addressing security issues, but then they should send emails probably to known to, to Amazon customers with what they should do. Cause as soon as they put the information out publicly, any, anyone who's watching the news is like, all right, so now we know what they're going to do. So this is what we'll do around it. Yeah, I, I don't like how nonchalantly this is just being brought into our lives. Um, and, you know, it's no 
it's no secret that we have all been in some situation where we are talking to somebody around our electronics uh, about anything out loud. And the next thing you know, what's the first advertisement you see on your phone or on YouTube or whatever the case is. The yep. only thing this doesn't happen to me on, and I'm not sure why, is my computer. And I don't know if it's just because it's hardwired in and other than having my webcam hooked up, I don't have like an active mic going on all the time. I don't know what th that reasoning is, but everybody that I know of for the most part has experienced some form of that. It's weird. It's creepy. And it's, you know, it's something that you used to be able to think of and go, uh, that's conspiracy stuff. There's, there's no way that could be true, but it's so common. Everybody has a story about that and that we all laugh off. So yeah, no, yeah. I don't trust this and I would not un until they come out and solidify this and break this stuff down so that, you know, the X, Y's and Z's of how they're going to keep this safe. I would never utilize an electronic device to speak to somebody off a of video camera, you know, especially, I guess, uh, somehow that just sounds worse to me to about put out medical. my medical information. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent agree with you on that. And it's funny that you mentioned about the advertising thing, because I specifically remember, I don't remember the anime, but I specifically remember the incident where I was talking with burn. We were on the PlayStation party chat <clears throat> and he was going in real detail. He never remember. He never said that. I don't think he said the name or he did say the name, but we, we were on a PlayStation party chat and he was describing this anime. Never had I searched for this anime. I didn't even know what it was, nor that it existed. And he went and he was describing the anime. And then I got offline and I switched over to YouTube just out of curiosity to watch something. I wasn't going to look for this. And one of the first videos that popped up was uh, a synopsis of the anime he had just described to me. So when I sent it to him, I'm like, hey, is this the anime? He was like, yeah. I was like, dude, I kid you not. After we got off the chat, I went into YouTube and this video popped up. I never searched for it. He was like, oh, that's weird. And I was like, we were in a PlayStation party chat. And I was like, that was really freaky to me because I was like, where did the like, I never said it. So where did it come from? And you have to think if he has smart devices or a phone nearby and he says anything and it pops up in his trend. And then, you know, they're cycling through like he's talking to this person about it, and they piece it together. And then it just gets fed through to to you. Like there's there's a whole possible way. I know that there's something, too, about uh, when you sometimes get ads not related to you, usually when you live in it, because when you said you don't know why you don't get it on your computer. I think that's probably because of your current living status. There's no one around you in your address for them to ping off of to gauge what you tend to search or would be interested in. Like in my, in my house, uh, I'll get stuff for, for members of my family that would appeal to them because they're pinging it off of the people in my immediate address, which is also funny because my mom will tell me she'll be, <laughs> She'll go online sometimes and she'll get like emails and stuff about like streamers and certain content creators. And basically she's like, yo, what's with all these skimpy clad female, skimply dressed female chicks popping up? And I was like, oh yeah, they're pinging it from me 
because they know I'm usually on Twitch and every time Twitch would make a suggestion, it was pretty much the Twitch e-girls. So they're just basing that off of me where I like get emails for like, oh, discounts for seniors and above because they're basing it off of her. They're not even nailing it specifically. They're just like, here's what's in this. Who's in this address? A dude in his 30s, parent, you know, in their age group, bam, 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 bam. Just send all that stuff that way. And then they'll sift it out. So yeah, that, cause that's the thing. And it makes me chuckle in a, in a humorous way. It's like, maybe that's how so many, so many people get caught up when like their wives or husbands start asking questions and they're like, Oh man, they're on to me. It's like, oh, yeah, because, because, uh, cause advertising is getting you in trouble. They know they're not <laughs> looking for it. <laughs> Somebody's looking for oh, it. Oh man. That's why you're getting in trouble. Or be on your best behavior. Those ads will put you on blast. Those ads will put you, you think, you think your searches are, that's why even now I don't like to get curious. That's why I'm like very, I don't get curious. I don't get curious. (laughs) I don't get curious because ever since I dressed it, my mom was like, yeah, that's right. She's like, I'll get these things about these Twitch e-girls. And I'm like, I don't even watch them. I made the mistake one time and it's haunted me (laughs) since. One time I was just like, maybe not based on looks. Maybe they're actually a really good gamer. Clicked one time, realized that wasn't the case. Got the heck out of there. Blocked the channel. So it stopped popping up on my feed. Nope. After that, they were like, gotcha. <laughs> we know where you are. Saturated you. And then sat and they don't even saturate me. They saturate her. <laughs> Your poor family. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> so yeah. That's a thing, people. So, so when, guys, you hear, when you hear a family member in another room, like Atachi, stop watching that <laughs> shit. You're like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm being generalized. I'm being generalized. They just are like, oh, dude in his 30s. Don't Good. think he's married. Let's go. Getting getting generalized and judged off your, yeah. your advertisements. So that's probably why you're not seeing like those random things pop up, because when you start living with someone, I promise you it'll happen. And you'll be like, where is this coming from? You're going to start getting random emails that make no sense. (laughs) You'll always know what your roommates are up to. You'll always know because I never said it before, but when I think about it, looking back, when I lived with my last roommate, last room I ever had, um, she was a real big smoker. And my email started getting like, oh, cannabis will be legal. Cannabis. And I was like, why do I care? I don't smoke. It didn't dawn on me. It wasn't because of me. It was because of her and whatever she searches. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so, yeah. So, I mean, enjoy your, 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 your solitude while you can. It's doing you a huge favor that you didn't even realize you're not being this is, generalized. Th- this is never, I'm never going to not think about this. Uh, if I ever find my self living with somebody, yep. it's going to be as soon as you get something that, always, as soon as you get an email, or an advertisement that makes absolutely no sense to you. <laughs> You're going to be looking at fucking minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you, man. That's, that's how they get you. You, you, you don't need tr- a new car. <laughs> you don't need it. Oh, bro. <laughs> Every time, how did he know? <laughs> <laughs> that's how he knew. That's how he knew. Um, so moving on to a, uh, real quick. I just, like this just makes me happy. Um, 
Charlie Cox will be Daredevil in the MCU. Phase four. I am so happy about that. First of all, I'm really happy to to see. I think they're trying to integrate the Netflix series mm-hmm. in general. Because yeah. they the use MCU. the same Kingpin actor for uh, Hawkeye, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um. And well, first of all, he's amazing. It was like he was born for that role. Um. I <laughs> I know a lot of people make fun of his expositions, but that's. I feel it suits him because it makes him more intimidating because it's like you, it's like, man, this guy's giving me exposition and then he turns around and kills you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, like, you don't know what to trust think. tree broken, trust tree broken. It's like usually after exposition, you go on your merry way and he's like, mm, uh, uh, and then he starts getting worked up. And it's like he gets mad at his own expositions and then he's just like, now nah, I got to kill you. And it's just like, bro. <laughs> So Charlie Cox, uh, I know we were all excited when we saw him pop up in uh, No Way Home. We were like, yes, uh, but please don't just be a red herring. Like, don't let this be a one and done. But it sounds like he's going to be they're saying Daredevil is going to be very active in phase four. And I just I just wanted to throw that in there for anyone who hasn't been keeping up with any like tidbits of Marvel News or whatever. Um, if you were a fan of the Daredevil series, do not lose hope. We will be seeing Daredevil again. He didn't give too much. All Charlie was saying was, I don't know a lot, but I know enough that Daredevil will be active. And if he wasn't in the role, I think he would have just been like, ah, I, I don't really care. I'm not Daredevil anymore. But that's like, he's like, yeah, no, pretty much saying like, yeah, no, I'll be there. And even Kevin Feige was like, yeah, Daredevil's going to. It's happening. How many how many f- Marvel phases are we gonna have? Like, like I I don't mean to say that like a dis like I'm disappointed. Like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I love the movies and I I love the shows. I I'm for it. I'm just like phase five, phase six, phase like where where, where where's, we where's the end? Have, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. It probably won't end for years, dude. Like, we'll don't be, even like we should just leave phases. Like they're not even phases anymore. They're just it's just gonna keep going. Take pride in the fact. And when they hit like phase 10, maybe 15, we can go, we were there for phase one. That's true. <laughs> yep, that is true. We brought it in. Have you, have you taken a look at Iron Man one recently? No, I've been wanting to go back and rewatch it. Go back it and just watch Iron I, Man one. It's, it's, see. it has that look of a slightly older movie now. Like you can tell you're like, Oh, this is definitely older, but it's also equally impressive. The CGI and everything they were able to do at the time for what was it? 2000. Was that nine? Yeah. It was like 2008 or 2009. Believe it or not, everybody, (laughs) man, that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. I need to go back. And here was a funny thing. I remember reading this. I think it was on Reddit and someone said they were going to watch, they they were they were making fun of their friend who's watched every Marvel movie in order, not in release in terms of release order, but in mm-hmm. chronological movie order. And they were so confused at the end credits every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it was so out of order that they were like, what? 
They were like so confused. And it was like, yeah, it's better to watch it in terms of movie release order for the full experience. It was literally one of those, you had to be there kind of things. It really was. They really only like like looking back, it was, it was like, uh, it, it won't age well in the sense of people now who are interested in starting to watch them and they will watch them in chronological order. Yeah. Like it won't age well in that sense. Like it age well for us. Cause everyone it's like, you have to, you had, you had to have been there. You had to be there. And it sucks because I'm thinking, I, I say if the Marvel phases ever end and they say, we're wrapping it up or we're moving on to something else, that Marvel phase is done. What they'll have to do is they'll probably on streaming services or if, whatever the new if if everything's not digital and there's still some form of hard copy out there they would have to remove end credits because that would just be confusing to anyone going forward after our generation and gen end z credits are only good for hype that's it they're just good it. for advertisement yeah. and hype because but they serve no real no purpose understand. after the fact yeah, no one's going to understand them going forward. And it really sucks because it's one of those you had to be there or see it before the next movie comes out. Even if you waited till it came out on DVD, home release, whatever, you still got it because the next movie hadn't come out yet. So it still built up your hype for the next movie. Mm-hmm. But if you watch it in order now, which we're not saying don't do because the movie will the movie still makes sense in order more so now than before. But the end credits will just completely mind boggle you. <laughs> and, and you got to realize, too, like at the very beginning, not all of us understood that there were end credits. Some of us didn't stay. We didn't know yep. any better. And then other people did because, you know, we like to wait till everyone gets up and leaves. We don't like to walk through, you yeah. know, cow, cow, cow yeah. crowds. That's what I call them. Cow crowds. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just hurting. I'm like, get out of here. Like, I'll wait. Uh, so some of us were like, we just got lucky and we're like, there's after credits. And then when they would add like a second after credit, yeah. you know, so like so many people missed out because they had no idea the first couple of times. Yeah. Only time I ever missed end credits end credit end credits is if I had to pee really bad and I had yeah, been holding three, three hours is a long time. To like, yeah, go, I, I do. How bad do I want to watch this? How bad do I want to pee my pants to watch this end credit and then yeah. get stuck in the crowd of people leaving? Probably not. Um, but yeah. So also real quick question. Uh, and I always have this debate. I am one of those people. I like to show up to the movie before the movie start time, not just for snacks, but I like to watch previews. I feel previews and credits are part of what you paid for. I agree. I completely agree. Cause I do this, the exact same thing. Okay, because so many people like, no, I had a, a ex and she wanted to show up like when the movie was starting. I was like, the previews are part of the experience. The, the yeah, lights they, dim. They, they still to this day will still drop trailers that aren't announced otherwise. Yeah, and I've seen so many, and I was like, what? This movie's coming out? What? Oh, like you yeah. might read online, like, oh, they're they're working on this movie or this movie is expected, but there won't be a trailer or like a yeah. date. And then you watch this new movie that just came out. You see the previews and then you're like, oh my God, that's a thing. And yeah. back in the day, you know, uh, the early 2000s, uh, you know, that, that, that's when I was in high school. You, 
yeah, you could go online to to like I wonder what movies are coming out, but it wasn't as easy to find. It, was, it wasn't. You as had easy to really to go out of your way to find like what movies were being worked on. So watching those previews was super awesome because that's when you found out about movies that were going to even exist. And seeing the trailer in a movie theater is one thing compared to even now YouTube. There's just a different experience. Oh, absolutely. The- theaters will never go away. Uh, no. I think that was a worry for a while when streaming on demand was, yeah. was on the rise, but that's just something that you can't, you, you can't replace. Um, but yeah, you know, one movie and I don't know why it's this movie that I remember so vividly. I don't remember the movie I was watching, like going to watch. I just remember the preview for, um, ah, what was it? Troy? It was the preview for Troy. Yeah, it was a long time. I, was, I mean, I was, I was a kid. Say, I was, that I was movie little, you were watching. I was little. Was, I don't remember what movie I was watching, but I remember like it, it showed like the sea and all these boats, and then it just like went like above the ships and showed this entire, you know, naval fleet, and then it showed the beaches of Troy. And I remember sitting there like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" Like it just, <laughs> it just looked like. The, and back then, like that was a long ass movie, but I think I think it was. Yeah. It was like two and a half hours long, but. Yeah, uh, too bad Troy wasn't a great movie. I re- yeah, I remember that one and then uh, Gladiator for some reason. Gladiator. Still to this day, iconic. Yeah, no, Are you just, not entertained? Yeah, that was an iconic movie, man. How can you hate that movie? Some you people cannot. hate that movie. I'm like, how can you hate that movie? Because they don't get it. Anytime somebody just hates a movie and they can't give me reason, I'm just like, you just didn't understand. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the worst reason too to dislike a movie. Like I don't get it. Did you fucking watch it? Some no, you were understand. on your damn Sometimes phone you the whole time. That's why you didn't get it. You were on your phone. <laughs> you fell asleep, and you just don't want to admit you fell asleep. <laughs> but um, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. <laughs> I don't get you. <laughs> so our final topic is, uh, for this episode, entering our last segment. Um, you and I have been able to play Destiny 2, The Witch Queen. And as we continue oh, yeah. to evolve our our podcast, we want to add some uh, a new segment at the end where we talk about some of the games that we've played, what we think about them, our, our little, you know, quick, quick or extensive, depending on how deep the rabbit hole goes, review and, and summary on these games. And this last week, uh, last week, last Tuesday, the Witch Queen 2 launched, and this wasn't just another, uh, I don't want to say it's like another add-on DLC. This was kind of, I want to say like almost an overhaul. This was a game changer. For sure. It, it really was a game changer. Um, the first time we ran, we ran it, the storyline, and we ran it on Legendary, which for you guys that maybe you haven't played it yet, there's two the same story mode. You can switch back between the two if you want, but there's just the regular level of difficulty. And then you can play on legendary, which is supposed to be a little more challenging. Um, but either way, it's still the same storyline. So we played on the legendary. We're like, we've been playing destiny since destiny came out in 2014. We are veterans at this game. We have no fear. And Atachi, unlike myself is more strategic in the way he goes into any new game, whether it's a brand new game or it's a DLC. He's always been a little bit more cautious than I am. I'm not. (laughs) I run out there and I start doing all the moves I might normally do with my warlock, 
or my hunter and I'm just doing all this stuff. And it was immediately evident that they made the, the mechanics of this game and the enemies much more challenging. How many times did I get wrecked on that first story mission? Trying oh, least, to play the way I might normally play. Eight times. Eight I times remember. I died. Eight times. And I was getting mad. I was like, what is happening? They were eating my bullets. They were spitting my bullets out. They, I couldn't take down like large groups of them as easily. And you came in and supposed to be the backup. Supposed I was to be supposed the to be the backup, the firepower, <laughs> the, the person that can get it done. So I had, to, I had to make some changes with my gameplay a little bit and integrate the changes that they made with the subclasses and stuff, which I loved, by the way. Uh, they, they definitely changed up uh, some of the subclasses and like they kind of removed some, some things and made some changes in other, other ways, especially I noticed with the Warlock. Um, I, I really love what they did. They destroyed your... <laughs> Atachi had the best healing healing build on his warlock. Um I was and so upset. that was he can't do it anymore. <laughs> he has to like but he's been finding a way. He's been I've finding, been finding a, way to, a way to do do a workaround. Just like I've been trying to find a way to run my void walker and uh be able to he, uh heal myself excessively while dealing lots of damage. Um but yeah, the, the game, the feel of the game is darker. It's grimier. Um, when we were going through the storyline and we were down in the caves and stuff dealing with the scorn, I, I, I remember telling you why, why is it that I'm thinking of Diablo? Diablo. It, this it, is it, obviously yeah. this game is not Diablo, obviously, but it was the, it was that feeling of being in a dungeon underground uh with with the with the the fire and the lights and the lanterns and the overly difficult enemies they really were and and your ghost for some reason going on light strike duty just deciding i'm not going to turn on a light you don't need it yeah everything was just (laughs) dark for no reason i'm like hey ghost i need a flashlight i can't press f on this game nope so yeah, uh, I have been very impressed um, with the Witch Queen. I really enjoy what they're doing. They really forced you out of swords. You can't just go through there slashing swords and shooting off rockets. Um, they really made you. Uh, they made the machine guns um, more reliable. Uh, they made you want to use them more. Uh, the grenade launchers feel smoother. Uh, I know the Galahorn, everyone, that's everyone's favorite. The Galahorn, uh, does it still do great damage? Yeah. Uh, can I use that to just clear a mission really quick on any difficulty? Absolutely not. Um, you will still kill your, your PVP competition with it. Uh, normally, um, uh, personally, I will, I will say that the witch queen definitely brought some quality of life improvements, uh, that were definitely needed. They did take out a couple of things that I th- thought not game changers, not not like the end of oh the gosh, so why they do this, I'll never play again kind of things, but simple things that I as a for a good majority I'm a solo player. Uh I did like the fact that they had a nightfall matchmaking. Um, but that didn't stay long. That that got taken out with the Witch Queen. 
I can hypothesize on why that is, and that's probably dedicated to who's more vocal on Destiny subreddits and a lot of hardened sweaty solo players probably didn't like randoms running nightfalls with them because a lot of those hardened solo players want to do it in less than 10 minutes and they know they can but you know they don't want to do it solo so they're hoping they get people like-minded where let's just say honestly out of 100 percent of destiny players realistically 20 percent are probably that sweaty most are just casual they just want to go in they just want to have fun it's even better if they get someone that can help them through stuff so you could have two casual players with this one hardened player and this person is just plowing through trying to do it in 10 minutes and no one else knows that's what you're trying to do and they get mad and they leave. A lot of people probably said, you know what, if people are just going to leave because we're not doing it as fast as they want to be to be done, just do away with it. I'll just not do that event or I'll wait till I can get three friends who don't care and we'll run it like that. So Bungie probably said, you know what, that makes sense. We'll take it out because even without vocal, there's a certain kind of like visual toxicity that can drive you up a wall. And you and I have experienced it where people just mm-hmm. want to plow through a strike. So they'll proc all the enemies, but because they want to get it done in like five minutes for whatever reason, we don't know what they're doing. We're dealing with all the enemies and they're just running up ahead, you know, leaving us behind. And it's like, okay, are we holding you back? Like, I'm sorry, do you have a date you should be getting ready for or something? Um, so, yeah, they did away with certain certain matchmaking things that they were trying to implement for for solo players. And I guess, you know, they gave it a try. People were like, eh, ne- never mind. We don't like it. And they took it away. But at least we can say that they gave it a try. Uh, definitely hoping that they bring those class improvements that they brought to Void 3.0. I would love to see those implemented with the other two class branches. Uh, if you guys haven't played... Um, the new DLC yet. And if you have, if you've played since beyond light, you know about the stasis class void 3.0 reflects the stasis class now uh, where you can pretty much customize it how you want. So if you're a PVP PVP player, you don't have to worry about your class just being mimicked by someone else. Everyone for the most part can be pretty much original. Um, which I think adds a new layer of depth to PvP related games because you don't know what you're walking into. Usually when you go against veteran PvP players, they can take one look at you and know, oh, this is what you're running. I know how to counter it. Now there's so many more layers. You might know one aspect of it because every Void Walker's super is the same, but you don't know what their other abilities are. You might see their arsenal but you don't know how they're playing their character because those little fragments, those little details could be completely different player to player. Do they throw suppression grenades? Do they go invisible? Do they heal themselves when they kill you? You have no idea. And I love that because then people can't just, it has adds a little more uh, strategy to your approach. And a big part, and I had to point this out to Warners, a big part of the story, and this is where the story punishes you for charging ahead, where if you've got a hefty fire team, sure you can, but most people probably are playing by themselves. The main antagonist for the story, Savathun, the lore is rich on the fact she's a strategist. She's not a hard charger. There was a reason she was the head of her siblings is because 
She was a strategist. She's infiltrates. This is her art. While everyone else is over here playing laser tag, she's playing chess. Three, 3D, three-level towering chess. <laughs> and you have to approach the story with that mindset. You walk into a room full of enemies. Yes, you could go in guns blazing if you want to. You will probably get wrecked. So you have to approach it with strategy. And what's in your surroundings? Where are the enemies coming from? What are their abilities? What's your survival chances? This is how I approach it. And a lot of people think, oh, well, that's the piece of purpose of, uh, of Destiny. It's a, it's a shooter going. And that's the problem I have with first person shooters. They're just. They're just numbing. You go in, you point, you shoot. Yes, you can have skill with it, but let's be honest. What is the tactical outside of like Rainbow Six? How many and 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 Escape from Tarkov? How many of them actually demand strategy from you? Not a lot. Most of the time, people just go in, and it really, if we're being completely honest, it comes down to whose reflex is faster. So I like how the Witch Queen makes you. Take into account your abilities, your enemy's abilities, your surroundings, and they say, now handle this. Shielded enemies, and then, you, you know, ambushes. I, I love that because it's like, yeah, I can shoot, but I also have to consider everything around me. Um, and the story is, it's like definitely dark. It's, it's probably one of their darker ones. Um, and for the first time, I personally felt really invested in reading even more into the lore because it's like, I see them wrapping up destiny two with this or trying to, to lead into where they wanted to go next. And I'm, I'm like, I, I, I see everything coming together uh, in terms of pretty much interface. They've cleaned up a lot. Maps are cleaned up. A lot of stuff got vaulted, removed guns. And in typical Destiny fashion, yes, they force you to use the new stuff, <laughs> which which I, I really wish they would stop doing um, because it's like, all right, you made me grind and earn this. And now you're telling me it's useless. Why? Uh, but I don't think that's ever going to go away. I, I'm sure if they wanted to, they could come up with a way to just make it where. I don't know. I feel like maybe if they had like a living, living uh, evolution thing, what I mean by that is like your guns level up with you kind of thing. That would be cool. So your gear doesn't just become useless, like exotics level up with you. I mean, they're exotics. They could have that ability or something. Well, and maybe that's something they're trying to that, that implement with the new. Uh, uh, what was it called? Wait, the area where we make our own weapons. Oh, Inflate? the weapon crafting. Yeah. The, the relic, the relic area. Yeah. Which, which, which is pretty cool. You, 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 you uh, use a weapon, you unlock it and then you go to the crafting board and then you, uh, at, you create the weapon. And, and as you level that weapon up more and unlock all kinds of more stuff, you can ultimately create the kind of weapon that you want. Which by which the is, way, I want to point out, which is interesting. They, they took that idea from final fantasy tactics um, the using of a weapon or ability until you've maxed it and then you can use it wherever you want. Uh, interesting choice for them to make. I will say I'm not 100% keen on it. Um, reason being, I don't like being forced to switch weapons just to unlock future perks, especially if I have a certain weapon type I like to use. I don't want to feel forced to switch it 
to for however long to unlock certain perks to use with other guns. Um, even in Final Fantasy tactic, tactics that kind of kind of annoyed me. Like, but the the offset of that was there was like twenty job classes in Final Fantasy. So it was like, okay, I'm using a whole new job class. I'm leveling up, but I'm getting like all these move sets. It's a whole different experience. I can kind of vibe with because where I switch this job class for one character, I'll have another character pick up that job that I love so much. So I still have it. And then they're all learning each other's jobs. And then I build this ultimate class. I feel destiny was kind of like, is just trying to shoehorn the whole getting rid of meta, which I get, but I also don't feel that that was to benefit the PVE players as much as it was to benefit the PVP players, because there's always a meta in PVP. And this is probably the only way they could think of killing meta is by like, Hey, you can go in there with your old stuff and you will get destroyed because all the other players are building perfect guns while you're still running in with a meta. That's fine. I do feel though for PVE, it should have been something different. Like I wouldn't care if they made PVE only weapons and PVP only weapons, like maybe two separate crafting systems for each. This gun you build on this side of the relic is for PVP. You cannot use this in PV and come up with some lore based reason for that or something. I don't know, like Shax's storage locker. I don't know. Come up with something. And then guns that you can just use in PV. Cause I'm a strong believer that in PVE, you should not be limited in any capacity. And then just pull a Diablo thing and match difficulty for how many players are on the fire team, which I think they're doing because the, I notice it gets exponentially harder oh, yeah. when you join me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when I try to run through myself, uh, it wasn't as bad. And then I round, I run through with you doing the same shit, exceptionally di- more difficult. Yeah, you guys got to see the YouTube video that's going to go up uh, if it's not up already. Probably by the time you guys hear this, the YouTube video will be up already. Just watch it, and you'll see how many times the game has just turned Warners into their target practice. It was it was dumb. It was so bad. I was not a fan. <laughs> but anyway, overall, if you guys can't tell, we actually do like uh, Destiny 2 Witch Queen. So if you're a Destiny player, you've been looking for a reason to come back. Definitely check it out. Definitely worth it. Um, and hit us up in the comments. We're always looking for players to play with us. So hit us up. Let us know if you uh, wanted to be on the fire team and witness Warner's dying for yourself. Anyway, another amazing episode. Thank you guys so much for spending your time with us. Hopefully we got you through your work day or your lunch break or wherever you're listening at and once again did you hit that subscribe button you didn't i'm gonna need you to stop what you're doing and hit that subscribe button because right now i'm triangulating your position if you don't hit that subscribe button just show up at your front door and i'm gonna hit you with an elbow no warning I'm going to tell you it's an Amazon delivery because nobody turns out Amazon deliveries. People are going to start getting mugged at their front door and they're going to start blaming Project (laughs) Itachi. (laughs) That was him, all right. You should listen right here. He made the threat. He made it. (laughs) If you did hit that subscribe button, it wouldn't have happened. So now hit your subscribe button because you don't know. Just say it. Anyway, you guys have been amazing. Stay safe out there. I promise it's not me showing up at your front door, is it? Catch you wonderful people in the next episode. Later. Later, everyone.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.